one thing that we have to do is gain trust with the men. Sometimes, you know, they won't just automatically trust you, and they probably don't automatically trust anybody, young people, you know. But if you go in and you know what you want and you're prepared and you give direction, then they will begin to trust you. Welcome back to another episode of the Rough Cut Club. I am your host, Joey Nakotra, here with my incredible co-host, Mr. Shane Reitzammer. Shane, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing I'm doing great. Whoa, I'm I'm doing so great that my voice cracked on Ooh, that one. He's because, in puberty, y'all. <laughs> because I'm excited. My voice cracked because I'm excited. We have a really dear friend of mine in the studio today. That's fact. I'll let you uh, intro her. Yes, but. she is an incredible filmmaker who has actually had probably a really big impact on both of our film careers, uh, not just mine, but Shane's as well. And um, it's definitely a big part of my story. Uh, I think she's a big part of your story as well. And so we get to talk with her and her name is Miss Tammy Lane. Tammy, welcome to the Rough Cut Club. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here with you guys. Yeah. So Tammy um, owns a little tiny slice of land called Capernaum uh, Studios and, uh, I don't want to call it tiny. It thing's massive. <laughs> I, I was saying it uh, sarcastically ah, because okay. All right. just, <laughs> it's, just checking. It's a. Um, I, I'm gonna get into it. I, I think that's one of the you know the starting points of um, you know what I want to talk about is even Capernaum uh, and and then you know talk about your story and journey into to filmmaking because Capernaum is a really big piece of, um, you know, the film locations that you've built, the films that you've shot and whatnot. And so for those that don't know um, about Capernaum, what is Capernaum to you? Capernaum is a studio on about 40 acres of land, and it's outside of Weatherford, north of Weatherford. It's been a journey with mm. that for sure. So I guess uh, probably in 2006 or something, I got the, um, I feel like the Lord, I'm a Christian, so that's a big part of my life, but I feel like the Lord um, actually gave me the desire to build this biblical village or first century village because I was doing seven biblical short films. So I was in the process of this. I don't know if y'all knew this. I actually didn't know that. (laughs) This is pre-Crimson, right? This is pre-me as well. I think we met in 2012 or 11, sometime early on in my film career. And, uh, but I had heard about these seven films. Um, Well, you don't want to see them. They're terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little, we did actually get it done, but I I really felt called to do it. And I knew a producer friend of mine, actually, he was a cousin, um, married to my cousin. Mm. So then that made him my cousin as well, I guess. Um, Married into the family. Yes. Which he's not in the family anymore. So we just felt better. (laughs) Pause. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, he came and taught me how to do it like put me through boot camp for a few months and we get all those biblical short films done well in the process um we built a a village like a first century village inside of a soundstage and we built it in about two weeks and then it took about a day to tear it down 
And it that is what I felt like the Lord used to drop into my heart to build this, you know, set, this permanent set, so that we could actually use it for our films and um, other people could come and use it as well. And I felt like that it a big part of it was that other filmmakers would come and use it. And so that's what I did. I just... Um, you know, told my husband that this is what I wanted to do, and he thought I lost my ever-loving mind, but, <laughs> you know, um, through prayer, we, yeah. we did it. I was going to say, you know, in, in Capernaum Studios, I, from the time that I've known Tammy, I've seen it grow so much from, you know, that first century village uh, to now you have—how many different sets do you have, Tammy, out there at Capernaum? Well, um, we have some new sets that are early American sets, as you know, we'll mm-hmm. discuss, but we also have a large soundstage, a smaller soundstage. Um, we have a 30,000 square foot statue garden that's got some really cool stuff um, that people use for filmmaking in there as well. And we also have all the production facilities, you know, that everybody needs, you know, office space and lodging and a place for like people to eat and gather and have meetings and whatnot. You also have the villages down at the bottom of the garden, which I think is a separate location, right? And then you have the cabins that we shot at recently, which is separate section of that as well. And then you also have some like in the forest locations mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of land um, too. So yeah. you know, if you wanted a forest, or if you need um, something, that, we even have a, a ravine that looks like Israel, which you filmed in. Yeah, and, I've shot there a couple of times. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So and it's it's just bizarre that that's there, but it mm. is. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so mm-hmm. thankful for that. Lots of people have used it. And so, yeah. Yeah. And, and they've had, um, you know, all different types of shows and films out there from, mm-hmm. uh, the chosen, I know filmed, uh, lots of, uh, mm-hmm. different seasons out there. Maybe they still do. And then, um, I know some, some feature films have come through. And then of course, I'm sure we'll get into it as well, uh-huh. but Washington's armor, uh, mm-hmm. a, a lot of that film was filmed on site at Capernaum Studios. Yep. Um, yeah, and I love I love watching the growth of it. So I remember, if I can share a quick story here yeah, selfishly, yeah. but Tam and I were working on a, a uh, she does live experiences. I think this is important to say too. They have a lot of amazing interactive live experiences where you walk through uh, uh, Capernaum, uh, a part sets. of Capernaum and sets, and there's live actors. Theatrical uh, production. You, yeah, yeah, and you get pulled into the scenes, and it's just, it's so engaging. Highly recommend. Go to their website. You can see when these events come up, and that's a good way to see the the sets as well, but then see, you know, actors and, and um, everything in action. But we were shooting some content for uh, an experience that they were putting on at the time called the Apocalypse Ex- Experience, and... Uh, and we were doing some green screen in one of the shops um, that they use. And I remember talking with Tammy, and this is, w- you know, way, way back. And I was like, it, uh, you know, what, what are you going to call this? Because it was Capernaum at the time. And I was like, is this uh, um, Tammy, Tammy Lane Studios or something like that? And, <laughs> and basically, by the end of the shoot, we, you know, we were joking around, Capernaum Studios. And that's what it's grown into. It's yeah. a full-fledged, beautiful created well-run studio and it's super unique too like there's so many 
film studios out there, but I've never seen a studio that has so much to offer with like the modern sound stages, but also at the, you know, the, the psych walls, you also have the 180 degree volume wall, uh, that you can do virtual production in the led wall, Mm -hmm. yeah, the led Mm -hmm. wall, the forest space, the so much like period piece space there Mm -hmm. too. Um, it's just a really unique, um, place that you can tell is built with a lot of like intentionality which i think is really cool and speaks to you know your vision for film filmmaking in general i think we just gassed up capernaum studio so much but this is two (laughs) filmmakers that really enjoy filming out there so again if you're a filmmaker you're looking for a location you know contact capernaum studios and go go tour it or or look at the photos because it's a it's a great spot yeah. And I hear they're connected with some really good crew, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll kind of come back to the Capernaum piece, too. But I want to actually um, kind of dive into your story. And so talk to me about day one of, you know, your interest in filmmaking. Did it start? Um, like, where did that start? What were the projects you were working on? Like, how did you kick off your journey? Well, um, so I would get a script idea. Basically, that's kind of how it started with me. I mean, I, I do write scripts, and and so I would get a script idea and then feel, feel very compelled to, you know, get it done and produce it and whatnot, and just like this last one that we worked on. And and so that kind of how is how it starts. And then I would um, need the sets, and so if we didn't have it at Capernaum already, then we would build it. <laughs> so we built some sets, and then we have sets that other people can rent out. And so that's kind of yeah. how how I started is just really, you know. And then at first, obviously, I didn't know anything about it. Like, I never went to film school, um, never, you know, even thought that this was what I would do. But um, then once I, I got those scripts in my mind, in my heart, I wrote them out. And then I thought, okay, now I've got to figure out how to do it. And, you know, it's it's really fun at the beginning. And you're like, oh, I'm so excited to do this. This is going to be great. And, oh, my gosh, I just can't wait. And we'll do this and this. And then once you're in the middle of it, it's like, oh, this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> when is it over? <laughs> Why did yeah. I do this? this is, but, um but yeah, so so then I just had to learn and get people to teach me and figure it out. And it took, I mean, I'm still learning tons, you know, like on Washington's Armor, I'm like still learning the, you know, what everything's called and who this person's called and what they do. And because I just kind of got in there and just did what made sense. And then we got all the real filmmakers in there and they're like this is what this is and this is what this is, and you call this this and I'm like okay it's a lot of information <laughs> <laughs> I think that's cool though because there there's something to be said about just jumping in when you're not prepared for what you're getting into and I think you know that's most filmmakers experience in that we dive into this because we have an excitement about something and then we realize like, wow, there's so much technical stuff that I don't know or that I'm not prepared for, but you figure it out and you make it work. And, you know, I think that's a lot of filmmakers' current 
um, situation where they're in the middle of trying to push boundaries on what they can do, what they're able to create as an artist. And uh, I think it's an inspiring testimony to hear, you know, jumping in and building film sets and, and you know, create bringing these scripts to life without, you know, film school background or, or whatnot. I think it's really cool and inspiring for other filmmakers out there. Well, and having a great team, you know, yeah. um, people that you really want to be around and create with. It's... Um, it's, it just makes it, you know, so much fun. And then you can tackle the challenges together right? instead of, you know, because it take you cannot do it by yourself. Yes. <laughs> you got to have a lot of people, a lot of help. So, and, and I want to even talk on um, even before, or I guess you guys can both fill me in on this, but y'all filmed a reality TV show. Uh, it, was that like after the early days of filming, then you went in and got into TV. And so tell me a little bit about that, that process. Well, um, I was really drawn to mission work and also filmmaking at that time. And so I, it's funny because I watched a show on, this is going to sound weird, but I watched a show like a documentary on people with leprosy. And that's what got me so I had such a desire to go to India. It was on people in India that had leprosy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just really want to go and help these people. And so that was kind of the beginning of it. Um, and then I figured out a way to um, get over there, which was not the right way to do it. I would not <laughs> recommend but, doing but it what I did. But um yeah, because I met some bad people over there, but but yeah, we did. We ended up going over there, got a team together, and um, did did a reality show. And um, then we started doing ministry with the right people. We found the right people through this, and we started doing ministry. And we would go over there, and that's when you came into the picture. And we would film each time we took a trip. We take teams, and we would just go, you know, to leper colonies. We'd go help the orphans and. Um, you know, the widows and just, you know, be there and have the team. And it was just fun. It was a, it was a neat, fun time, wasn't it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, just going back to how we first met, um, you know, I believe, you know, all the right pieces came together and it was such a godsend for me at the time too. The, uh, I was in the restaurant industry and one of my regulars, his name was John. I can't remember his last name and I wish I could. But he, his daughter went to the same private school as your daughter's. And this is how I first met Tammy Lane. And I guess he had passed my info to her because I would talk about, you know, how I graduated from film school. I was doing some corporate, you know, side gigs here and there, wanted to do it full time. And Tammy reached out. We had a conversation. I think we met actually at a Rosa's uh, mm -hmm. cafe, yeah. delicious tacos that, um, uh, Tammy may know something about, and uh, we uh, we uh, talked, and she had this project of me editing her um, daughter's, or actually the school's uh, uh, dance team's video. They put on like this really cool video recap, I think. And so she told me about the project, and I I think I did that a year or two. Um, three, yeah. Yeah. And and I think that was her like audition for me. She was seeing <laughs> who is this guy? Can he edit? Do I like him? Do I trust him? 
And so I think probably mm-hmm. a year after, whenever that next trip came up, which was in January, um, we would usually go in January. They had they had gone several years before me, I, and Mission Reality had existed, and I think had stopped at that point. I think the actual TV show they had stopped, but they had done several episodes in India, mm-hmm. Africa, mm-hmm. but this was a separate thing. This was called Mission Love Exchange, right? Um, and and then I think it became Mission Now. I think later down the road, but. She had offered me to come uh, film with them in India. And then my mind's blown, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the time I was looking actually at a nine to five job as a film producer with a medical company. I don't know if you knew this. Mm -hmm. Or go to India with Tammy Lane on this project that sounded super interesting and exciting. (laughs) And and had to weigh the options. So glad that God led me to go with Tammy because it was life-changing experience. And it really developed, helped develop more of the entrepreneurship, the freelancer, you know, gigs that I got to do instead of doing a nine to five in a corporate America mm-hmm. uh, pharmaceutical mm-hmm. video, you know, production house. Um, and so that is the the story. And yes, it was a blast. We would go for eight or nine days, uh, film. Um, it was pretty crazy getting into India. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of stories, probably not enough time for this podcast. But we ended up working on a documentary together, which um, is still in prog- process, progress. Mm-hmm, and then uh, mm-hmm. we made a bunch of um, promos and video content for um, for donations and for sponsors. Uh, and then that's how it led to the opportunity. And I'd love for you to talk about the last, uh, I guess, Mission Reality kind of came back around. And we got to do one. I actually got to do a season, and that was my first attempt at reality TV with with Tammy, and we got to go to Central America. Yeah, we went to Honduras and Guatemala, and um, we did it with a, another ministry, and that was, um, what was that, the water? It was... Um, no, the shoes. They, they Shoes and water. Yeah. Um, I and forgot the name of we it, can't though. think of the... <laughs> Mission Reality, Millions from One. Yeah, there we go. It's there on it's on Hulu or Amazon. Yeah. I think you can go. I think it's on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, you can so go nice. download it and watch it. Yeah. So that was fun. That was a that was a good um experience. But yeah, I mean, whenever I the the uh dad that contacted you, I was I was doing the editing and the filming of their all their dance team stuff and have to go to all their games and all that. Well, then I was doing the editing, and I just hate editing (laughs) so much Um, because I'm just not technical, and I would have all these technical problems every time, and I'd just be like, oh, it's driving me crazy. Um, And so then he told me about you, and I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You got That's awesome. Need an editor. Mm, And that's that collaboration thing. I think Mm -hmm. Tammy and I, I think all three of us are big on that. That's what Cinema Story is all about. You know, we wanted to create a space where the things we didn't want to do, somebody else that loves doing it can do it. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I loved editing. So it was a a great fit. And I loved filming. And Tammy then would let me, you know, slowly she trusted me to come and start filming things. And then that's Mm -hmm. how I got to go to India and the Mission Reality. and, And then we've done a handful of... She's trusted me to DP some of the projects back in the day and edit. So we've got to uh, create a lot of content together and a variety of content. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 
Thanks, yeah. Tammy. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun. And you're still around. So still <laughs> she can't she can't get rid of me. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I want to um first of all, I have to see some of this stuff. I can't believe I still haven't seen anything from it, but um, one of, I, I know that that was several years ago and since then you have, uh, shifted your focus more to the narrative space and correct me if I'm wrong, but your biggest film to date being Washington's armor, um, talk to me a little bit about Washington's armor, what that is and what inspired that film, um, Okay. Well, I read a book called The Bulletproof George Washington, and um, this book depicted George Washington getting, um, well, it was was a long journey for Washington, but um, it depicted him getting shot in his jacket four times, and then, but the bullets never, or the musket balls, (laughs) never touched his body. And so it just went through his jacket, and it didn't you know, and so it was basically um, God's protection over his life and God's providence to get him to where he needed to be, you know, to be the first president of our country. So and the story really fascinated me um, and the whole journey that he took that we, we did film um, fascinated me because of his perseverance and how um, difficult that the trials were that he had to face and maneuver through. And, um, you know, it just, it, it inspires me and it helps me not to ever have pity parties, which I do have pity parties sometimes. Mm. But um, <laughs> when I do, then I think, well, Washington did that. And then, <laughs> so I'm sitting here, you know, having a pity party over little stuff. But but anyway, so then, you know, we actually got to do it, um, and we got the funding from donors and um, people that really believed in the project, and we we got to, to do volume one, so. So cool. So from what I've heard with, like, the Capernaum, you know, build out, um, even kind of the exploration of like the leprosy document documentary stuff and this, which takes place in the 1700s. Have you always had a passion for like period piece type of script writing? And if so, where did that come from? I don't know where it came from. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, like um, I was asked to direct a film uh, recently that we haven't done yet, but it's, it's more of a, more current and I was like hmm I don't know <laughs> do I like that but it does it actually does have some period parts of it and so it's it's going to be an awesome film but um but yeah I just love well I love history and I love um you know I don't know why I do I just I love period stuff. Talk talk to me about some of the challenges that go into directing a film that has period piece elements in it because I feel like it's one of the harder types of films to make because of all of the costumes and the props and the, you know, setting the the background for everything. Like it's it can't be easy to do a period piece as opposed to doing a modern day um, film. Talk to me about like the process just in making a period yeah. piece film. I mean, like the costumes, for example, um, we got reenactors to do our costumes that were um, that 
that knew the costume and reenactors down to the button, they would they do it accurate. And if you get one stitch, you know, different, then they're like, well, that's not exactly how that was. <laughs> and then you've got to decide, okay, do I want to, you know, fudge this a little bit or should we go exactly? And I'm glad that we did that because I wanted to know what it's like. So we, we um, built a costume, the, the costumers, that is exactly what George Washington would have worn. And it's this thick wool and just real itchy and heavy, um, but it's beautiful. You know, it's just it's just amazing. You know, and they put the right buttons on it and and all that. But trying to find, you know, the right fabrics, trying to find the right buttons and and all that was really challenging. Um, and then the props also because you know we live in Texas and you go in an antique store in Texas and looking for, um, you know, 18th century props from the north, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just not readily available. And so just trying to find that. But we had some great people, you know, working on that to, to gather what we have gathered and been able to use, you know, a lot of. So now we have a, a lot of costumes, and we can rent those out now. Mm. Love that. On the directing side too, what talk about casting and then just crew, all of that. How's that journey been for you on your on your first feature film? Um, and then I the I'm sure like how did how did you choose the cast for Washington's Armor for these monumental roles that some of these characters you have to work with for you know three uh, three feature films, right? It's risky. <laughs> you take risks. Um, but we got a great cast. I prayed about it and, um, you know, really labored over it mm. because I wanted to make the right decision. I didn't want to, because I knew that, you know, I didn't want it to be, um, <laughs> to, to pick the wrong person. Um, and thankfully, I feel like we just have, we have a great cast and they really own the roles and fulfill the roles very well. I wanted to meet people in person. So that's when, you know, we got all the videos. We chose some of the videos that we liked the best um, of the auditions. And then we had them come in for their, you know, in-person audition. And then we had to have a horseback riding audition mm. for, for Washington because people will say that they can ride a horse, but then when you actually see them, they'll be like, well, it's been, you know, 20 years, and I was on a horse when I was, you know. <laughs> Fudging the resume just a hair. Just a hair. Um, and so I'm glad we did that. Mm. And so Willie Molina, who plays George Washington, he got on the horse, and he looked supernatural, and um, now he's been bucked off of a horse. He's, been, <laughs> he's really had some challenges on the horses for the show. Um, but when he got bucked off, he just went and rolled and stood right back up, didn't he? He's a trooper. <laughs> that Willie Molina. Yeah, that Willie Molina. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so I, I know some of these, but for our audience, talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges that you faced with Washington's armor in the creation process. Cause I know it wasn't, you know, smooth sailing from point A to point B, there was a lot of hiccups like COVID and, you know, crazy unforeseen things. Um, talk about some of the challenges that you had in making that film. 
There were so many. Let's see. <laughs> Besides working with Shane. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy part. Yeah. Um, well, I think the challenge, one challenge that a specific challenge that I had um, that other people probably wouldn't have, other filmmakers, is just that I have Capernaum and I have a Capernaum staff. And then I also brought in a filmmaking crew um, and trying to mesh those two um, entities was extremely difficult. In fact, I think that was the most difficult thing Interesting. Um, that I faced because um, they, the filmmakers, they go from job to job and this is what they do and they contract out and they, you know, and then they come here and the, the staff, they're full-time employees. And so they work every day with me. They work every day at Capernaum. Um, and so to find people that could, um, blend with that well and respect each other was difficult. And, um, but we finally, you know, now I think we have our integration process dialed yes, in a little bit better. We have our crew that I love to work with, and but it did take some time <laughs> to get to that point. Yeah. And then we also had, you know, weather, mm. the weather challenges because <clears throat> we filmed in the snow, um, and it, it was just freezing. And I'm a Texas girl; I don't <laughs> like the cold. And and for people that hear the word snow this is not just like oh it was like 30 degrees and we just barely got snow it was like negative 10 degrees up in the mountains of new york in the adirondack snow up to your knees yeah it was blizzarding and ne like we had to keep heaters on cameras yeah i think i remember <laughs> seeing heaters like portable heaters on c-stands like that were flown up to be like right next to the camera to keep them warm enough just to turn on and a lot of this actually i gotta jump in because a lot of this you can go to washington's armor's uh website or youtube, YouTube. page mm -hmm. and uh we were blessed to do a lot of the behind the scenes content some story came in and did a lot of the behind the scenes content for a period for washington's armor and they continue to do it so you can actually watch the journey and we have some crazy episodes of the snow and the filming in the snow and then I remember Joey and I, we actually were on a, a a part of the Washington's Armor journey together in Oklahoma. And that cold, oh if you're gosh. talking about weather, for some reason, that, that was bone-chilling cold. And Joey was DP at this time. We got to talk about how you got introed into yeah. all yeah. this. But he was DP. And the lenses, we have Cook lenses out there. And the oil in the lenses freeze. Didn't even know that was a thing. But they froze we couldn't turn focus on these lenses. And so talking about heaters, we're sitting in front of these heaters blasting heat. We put them in cars in between takes to melt the oil yeah. inside the lenses. Insane. Yeah. It was definitely extreme conditions throughout most of this in one way or another. Um, but yeah, the I think it was that was like uh, an unforeseen that I was not prepared for. <laughs> Uh, when the grease, why weren't you prepared? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know the grease inside of a lens could freeze. So, uh, anyway, if you are working in freezing conditions, make sure that your camera is properly heated or it can lock up on you while there's 60 people on set waiting for you asking, <laughs> why aren't we rolling? <laughs> but I just have to insert, they, we knew that there was problems, but they're over there working on it and they just were so calm. 
they were just so calm. I know they were freaking out on the inside, <laughs> but they, they're just um, on set. They're just so professional and kind and, you know, and everybody's like. <laughs> so. I, I think that day in Oklahoma is probably one of my hardest film days in my career thus far because I don't think I got to go inside other than for like lunch or dinner. And it was almost 14 hours in, I think that was like 10 degrees outside or something. It felt colder. It was windy New too. York. New I was York. more, I was yeah. more warm in New York. Me too. Yeah. Me I too. had, I had like electric heated gloves and socks and like four layers on and was still miserable for like 12 hours straight. <laughs> and the poor actors, I mean, because they had to wear the costumes. And, and you made them like, to be accurate for the times, and they weren't insulated like ours were. No, no. I just felt so bad for them. And then we tried to keep them in warm spaces. And, yeah, it was extremely yeah. challenging. Everybody survived, and the footage looked amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes extreme weather produces the coolest-looking shots. Agreed. Like, if you watch The Revenant, you're like, oh, my gosh, they actually were out there. You know, which felt very similar to what we were doing in yeah. New York, but it produces images that oh, you can't CGI yeah. in. Mm -hmm. It's just real. It's authentic. Mm -hmm. And whenever you're able to put yourself in those extreme weathered, you know, environments, the footage looks, you know, yeah. you get what you pay for. <laughs> and that's right. That's right. And what about the heat? Yes. Mm. Well, and not only the heat, but even in the trenches in the forest, like we were losing our radio frequencies on our Teradex um, and just like the amount of environmental conditions that we went, we had to overcome to make that film. It was like one location was cold, one was super hot. One was raining. Sometimes, you know. Sometimes we wanted rain, so we had to create rain machines. And right. then, of course, like two days later, it's raining, you know. Yeah. So. yeah. And it rained out our, our battlefield, and we lost, I think, a, a whole day mm -hmm. just to rain on our battle sequence. Lightning, and, yeah, lightning strikes. And just, it was a lot of weather hiccups for sure. Intermittent clouds, which are my arch nemesis as a DP because I can't control anything. <laughs> Oof, While rough. you sit there and wait, everybody looks at the sky yep. and waits for the <laughs> just looking at Joey like, when are you when are you okay, brother? Speaking of Joey, I feel like we gotta talk about how Tammy and Joey got connected. Yeah. And because y'all two work closely together now as director and DP. Yeah. Well, and it started back I actually at Crimson, which was the short film that you did. That was my very first intro to Tammy. Um, yeah, so I actually got to be there for Crimson, which was cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I got to jump in. We, yeah, yeah. We, Tammy wanted some behind the scenes for Crimson. It was a short film that I got to DP and uh, edit, or our production mm -hmm. house edited, and we brought on Joey uh, to do the BTS. And um, Tammy, what did you think of Joey and his footage? <laughs> do you remember oh. Crimson and, and having him there? Yeah, I do. You're like, I who do. is this kid? <laughs> Yeah, who is he? Um, I thought that he was um, obviously really good at it, really good at the doing the BTS and getting people to talk and, um, you know, great personality, easygoing, you know, easy to get along with. Man, you're making me blush over here, Tammy. And so, 
<laughs> so, which is, you know, one reason why you're DP. There we are. So, yeah, here we are. Um, it, but, yeah, it was good. And then you did some Washington's Armor. Yeah. At the beginning of Washington's Armor, some BTS. Yeah. And it's it's a cool little like elevator pitch short story when it, when I feel like I say it, but I I started out on Washington's Armor day one as the behind the scenes videographer, and was not helping the production at all, just documenting it. And after COVID, which put almost a year long gap in production, um, I was asked to be a second unit B camera operator um, on that leg of the production which kind of led me to being close to the second unit director at the time um, who we got to work together with. And um, then there wound up being a change in directions with the DP after that. And I got to then move to first unit DP of the project. And so literally got to go from what I would call the bottom all the way up to leading out in the production throughout the course of one film, which is a really cool experience and process for me. So thank and, you for trusting me with that. And so for people listening too, mm-hmm. at the very beginning when we said, we weren't joking when we said Tammy greatly influenced both of our film yeah. careers because, you know, the the story from BTS videographer to DP of a feature film, that's insane. Yeah. And it's a beautiful story. I love it. And then yeah. for me, you know, you helped me break into the industry, get out of the restaurant industry and uh, and travel all over the world and do reality and documentary and and uh, and not get stuck in a nine to five. Thank you, Tammy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes mm. I feel like one thing I can do or the Lord's blessed me with is to see potential in people mm. when even they can't see that potential. Um, and so that's kind of what I saw in both of you your potential and, um, and you know, the way that you are, just your character and your personalities. And um, it's just, you're a joy to be around. So, and you're, you're just really um, good at it and professional. And so it was a no brainer, really. Just love that. Bringing you on as DP. I mean, I think that we work really well together. Um, all three of us, I think, work really well together. And I think that, you know, there's no egos and it's, you know, a collaboration and we can trust one another and, and you know, you know, see the ideas come to life and I'll let you do some of your ideas, most of your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and they usually turn out great. Yeah. So. <laughs> I feel like it's just one big family on set, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. so we all get along. But then the siblings, we all fight every once in a while, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm definitely grateful for just being entrusted with the project because I know it was, um, you know, whenever you're whenever you're entrusting a DP to bring your vision to life, that's a lot of responsibility for me to carry and for you to give away. And so I'm very grateful that you trusted me uh, in that process and glad to see, you know, what we got to create um, and stand, look back and be proud of it together. And now we're making other films together and it's been a cool process. So can you tell the listeners, like, how do they get involved? Washington's Armor, or what's happening next? Like what's kind of on the radar for that? Or how can people get involved or, or even go watch? Washington's Armor, Volume 1. 
So Washington Summer is on Vudu, um, and you can watch it there. You can go to WashingtonSummer.com and get, you know, click on it, and then it will take you directly to the link to get it. And, um, yeah, we're we're just working on um, getting the scripts ready for the next ones and excited about that. And we just did a short film. Um, yep. We all did this together as well um, for our Independence Day Freedom Fest that is going to be at Capernaum Studios on July 1st and 2nd. So you can go to CapernaumStudios.com and watch. I mean, and um, get tickets for that. That's a live immersion experience, but also... Um, I like to kick off the live immersion experiences with a short film that um, intros what you're about to experience. And so I believe this film that we just did is um, really going to do that. Yep. So. Super cool. <clears throat> um, I, I want to go back even um, to the director DP piece a little bit more and dive into a couple more things before we wrap out of here. But um a lot of our listeners are filmmakers, they're shooters and, you know, directors, but also DPs as well. Um, as a director, what are some of the most important things to you in that collaboration process with your DP and your team? Um, I think mutual respect um, mm. is a big deal. Um, and, you know, I want to, <clears throat> I don't know everything about being a DP. I don't know, you know, you're seeing the vision of the lights and this and that, and I'm seeing something. Um, but I want to hear, you know, I'm very collaborative. I feel like I'm, I mean, am I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I just think I am and I'm really not. Um, but I want to hear what, you know, your, your, uh, thoughts are on it. And so I really kind of enjoy that process and, you know, just like the the shot that you wanted to do with the, the putting the musket under the under bed. The bed. Yeah. Um, and that turned out great, by the way. I really love, love that shot. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I like to hear that. And then if there's something that, you know, I know that I have to have it a certain way and then I can tell you and then you're like, okay, you know, even even if you disagree, um, then you'll you'll relent and you'll be like, okay, and you won't be upset nope. and angry and you'll just, you know, we can just move on. And, and so that's really important. I think you have to have someone that your um, personalities, you know, you can connect with yeah. because um, if you don't, it's just not going to be near as fun. <laughs> right, right. Or, you know, it just makes it more stressful. And then if there, there's tension. So, you know, I would just, you know, if if people are, if there's a director that's looking for a DP, I would just say, you know, find somebody that you really connect with and that you can listen to each other. Um, and the egos aren't there. And, you know, I just, I'm, you know, that's, that's just kind of yeah. what I like. But, and and Shane can even speak to this as well too because you've directed, I mean, uh, thousands of projects <laughs> together with me now at this point at least several hundred. Um, you know, we don't always see eye to eye on set either, and and it's part of it. Like there, you have to have a a collaboration experience. But at the end of the day, like the director has a vision for the project that my job is to bring to life. And if I, you know, 
see bringing it to life in a certain capacity or, or direction that's different than what they have in mind. Well, at the end of the day, like it's not my film. I just am tasked to bring that vision to life. And you have to be able to, as a DP, be like, you know, let's let me trust you directors to execute this film. Uh, and, and so there's a trust on my end as well that mm-hmm. you guys have the vision, mm-hmm. the grand master plan, um, and can see even a piece of it that I can't at times, which has happened to me with both of y'all's projects. I've gotten to the final edit and been like, that was why they did that. <laughs> and they were right. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. That's part of like trusting your director mm-hmm. to do, you know, justice with the project. And, um, Shane and I have definitely not seen eye to eye on certain things, but it's like, you have to, well, yeah, it goes to trust. It, it right. goes to trust. And I think Tammy and I can both say that too. On the other side, I've seen stuff that you fought for and fought for. And then I see it in the edit. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a great idea. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad he, I'm glad we argued enough right. about that, you know, right. or I gave him the time to, the time. The, yeah. I gave him the extra hour to hang the light, hang the moon, whatever it yeah. is. And it, and it was worth it because it looks so cinematic. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I echo everything Tammy says. I think, uh, you know, the collaboration, mutual respect, but also like, you know, at the end of the day, the director, like you're saying, the director, it's the ultimate call for the vision of the film. Right. And so, like, egos aside, that's a big thing, too. I do, like, enjoy I, – I like to enjoy working yeah. on a film set, and I've had it both ways as well. And so when you work with people uh, that you like and that you mutually respect and that can let those things go, too, right? Um, yeah. and, and so it goes to trust and trusting each other on both sides. I love seeing that, you know, I feel like a small part because I brought Joey in and you yeah. guys have connected now and y'all have such a good relationship – Mm-hmm. that together, you know, and I've seen y'all's trust grow, and I think it still continues to grow as y'all do more projects together. Yeah. Um, but it's so important. Uh, and and you only get that by spending time in relationship mm-hmm. on sets, right? That's why it's mm-hmm. so hard. I think people reuse the same people all the time because that trust is the most important asset. If you don't have that trust, and that's what you have to to build and nourish yeah. and protect yeah. uh, mm-hmm. on set, you know, and in, in, in professional and, and personal relationships. Right. Yeah. And so like James Cameron, uh, one of the most iconic Mm -hmm. directors of all time, uses Russell Carpenter uh, on most every one of his projects, even like going back to the 80s, he's still using him today. And it's because they've built this rapport and this relationship together where a lot of times they don't even have to say each other's thoughts because now they already know what the other person is going to want. and so, like, when Shane and I do a project together, he already knows uh, how I'm going to light stuff, how I'm going to, you know, ask for things to go away. I know what questions he or how he's going to guide the story um, because we know each other's style as well. Mm-hmm. Just like I've come to learn your style and how you do things and vice versa. And I think that as a DP director relationship, having that understanding of how each other operates which to Shane's point, you have to build over time makes you a more powerful team Mm -hmm. um, than when you're working with, when I'm working with a first time director, it's like a, Hey, I'm going to, you know, put my opinion here, but I don't know how you're going to respond when I say, I don't know if we should do it this way for the first time or vice versa. Um, There's a lot of like, 
discovery and how each other's dynamic is. And so I think that in time, when you build that relationship, you become better filmmakers together. Yeah, I agree. And you find, you need to find somebody that has your philosophies Mm -hmm. because there are different lighting philosophies. hundred percent. Um, And storytelling philosophies. Yeah. Mm. And so, you know, you want to find somebody that that is like-minded in that way as well. And that's also hard to discover, too. Like, you have to do the the time and the research and Mm -hmm. sharing of ideas. And, I mean, it's a whole relationship. It's a dance at the beginning, and then it's a a marriage, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a marriage. And uh, But it's beautiful when it does come together and it comes together well. And I think you've done that really well with your Capernaum staff and then even the crew Mm -hmm. that you bring in. Yeah, um, watching Washington's armor come to life too. Yeah. So I have a question. So since you've helped us with our careers so much, what is is there any advice that you would give to filmmakers potentially like starting out or like how would you in your in your story of starting out right? You kind of just said I'm going to do it and you did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and you trusted God and God has provided all these opportunities for you to be successful in filmmaking. What would you uh, tell? Uh, future filmmakers or people listening to this podcast, uh, how to get started in filmmaking? Um, get your phone out and start filming. <laughs> <laughs> Just start. Uh, get your yeah, get your camera out. Get your phone. Watch your uh, YouTube videos of people, you know, and um, learning it. And um, get someone to help you. Mm-hmm. Get a team, or even if you start with a one other person. Mm. Um, you know, that you trust and then you just do it together, you know, because it, one man show does not um, work mm. very long mm, anyway. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so, and I think that lighting is extremely important and sound yeah. is extremely important. And if you don't have good sound audio, um, you know, it's just not going to be, very good. Yeah. <laughs> so try to get really good sound that's not, um, you know, real echoey or um, just, you know, that's, that's quality sound. Yeah. Yeah. Quality. Nobody's going to watch it if they can't understand yeah. what's being said. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard the, you know, sound is every 90% of a film is sound, you know, yeah. and it's that yeah. important. Oh, and, and you know what else? Background actors do matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is good. This mm. is good. So if you trust someone to get you um, background actors and you don't um, okay vet it, them. vet them and make sure you don't double check, um, you could have an issue. Yes. <laughs> so they do matter. I'm real picky about that. So That's um, good. Because That's- you know that some, some background – you know, they think that they just have to sit there and not do anything, but it, their face may say it all. You know, their expressions on their face matters and, you know, what their actions are. And some people can't, they, you know, you say, oh, I need you to run down this little alleyway. Some people just can't run. Mm, I mean, yeah. they mm. look awkward when they run. So you just have to make sure that you get <laughs> the right background people. Well, and, and, Location can make or break your film, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone knows, like location is such a huge part of the background that people see when they watch your film. Mm -hmm. And when you put a background actor into a location, they become part of the background or part of the location 
because you're seeing them just even in your subconscious. And so if you have someone who's moving really awkward, that becomes part of the environment that you're pulling your audience into. Mm-hmm. And so just as important as picking an incredible background is picking an incredible background actor because they're filling that background. Exactly. Shout out to all the good background yes. actors and extras then. So because many, I, I've had yeah. that too. A, a face, yes. somebody's face that you direction and direction and direction and you're like, this, <laughs> One this, is, and out the this is ruining <laughs> my beautiful shot. And I'm like, do we just, here, step this way yeah. all the way out of frame. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. That's yeah. the spot. I and you don't it. want to hurt somebody, you know, hurt somebody's feelings. And but when we were in Oklahoma in Lawton, that we had some great background mm, yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, they they were amazing. So yeah, yeah, we we've we've had some you know good and some bad, but but there are a lot of amazing background people that can actually do a great job with that. That's really cool. Well, I have one more question. I know we're probably running a little late, but I want to ask one more question for you. Um, before we get into our five questions that we ask every guest. But as we get further and further, um, you know, in time, we're seeing more female filmmakers come onto the scene where filmmaking has predominantly been led by a bunch of men for the last, you know, 50 years or whatever. Um, how has it how has your experience been being a female director because i think there's a lot of female filmmakers that are coming up now and they're more prevalent mm-hmm. um talk to me about maybe what your experience has been like um just as a female director in the field well i think one thing that we have to do is gain trust with the men because um, sometimes, you know, they won't just automatically trust you, and they probably don't automatically trust anybody, and young people, you know. Um, but if you go in and you know what you want and you're prepared and, you, you, you know, you're ready for it and you tell, you know, give direction, then they will begin to trust you, and then you can, <clears throat> and then it, it seems fine. But, you know, at first, when I first started out on Washington's Armor, um, I had never been in that type of environment um, because all the other films we did, you know, like I just said, we just did what made sense. And I was with you mostly and, um, you know, our Capernaum staff. And so we just did it. But this was all these professional filmmakers, and it was very intimidating at first. Um, And then I just had to go, okay, you know what? I know what I'm doing. I know what I want. I know that God's called me to do this, and I'm just going to go in and <clears throat> do it. And, you know, and so it worked out. And, and I think I can speak <clears throat> to that, too, on <clears throat> the other side of the coin, just being like a younger filmmaker wow. and a younger DP. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I can relate to that in the sense of you when you come onto a project, a lot of times you have to prove yourself. Yeah. And so... If you are a young female filmmaker out there or a younger male filmmaker out there, there is a certain element that you have to be prepared to prove what you can do and on, on a film project. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in terms of just advice for those people out there, uh, the more preparation that you can do for a project – um, and the more that you can hone your craft, the more prepared you will be to step into an arena where everybody is ready to tear you apart. Um, 
and, and just on, based on your ability and what you bring to a project. Right, right. So, That's, well, that, yeah. That covers it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every episode we have five questions we ask every guest, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a rapid-fire round, I like to call it, even yeah. though it's not that Do rapid. I, did bro- I know this was going to happen? No, nope. <laughs> this is a surprise. But uh, they're just kind of some questions, again, to yeah. help guide other filmmakers and even us, too. So yeah. um, the first one we have, if you could go back and do it all over again, what's, like, one thing that you would have changed? I would do it all, do the film all at the same time. Mm. (laughs) I did a whole bunch of different shoots because I get the money to do, you know, this part of it and this part of it and this part of it. And that's what I did. And it was very challenging that way, Mm. you know, getting the right crew and and actors. and, And then COVID happened, so we couldn't, you know, do some anyway then. But, yeah, yeah, that's what I do. That's good. Um, what excites you the most about the current film industry or market? Um, I'm excited that a lot of it's coming to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, Super good. good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping, you know, incentives get better and, you know, and, you know, if people come out to Capernaum Studios to film, then, you know, they, it's pretty affordable. We can work with budgets and, you know, so even if the film incentives are not fantastic, yeah. it still can be affordable. And they so. just announced that they're building like another forty-seven million dollar like film studio within an mm-hmm. hour of DFW or something like that coming in a couple of years, which is pretty exciting. So yeah, yeah, a lot, lot going on. Lots going on. Um, what is one piece of advice that you can give to filmmakers trying to grow in their craft or in their business? Uh, I thought I already gave that advice. (laughs) She's like, rewind the tape, play it back, move it on. I would say I would go back to audio. Um, And the the Foley sound, Mm. you know, the sound of footsteps or paper or this cup setting down, um, all that matters as well. And, And to be aware of, you know, clothes rustling and, you know, I hear all those things or don't hear when they should be. So yeah. I think it's important. It's an immersive part of the project and what really brings you into the world of the film. Um, and they say that if sound is done well, you won't notice it. But if you notice it, then it wasn't done well. Yes. Mm. And so if you pay attention to sound in a film, then that probably means that they didn't do a great job. But if you're so immersed in the Foley and sound design of a project, then it can really make an audience get lost in the film, which is always the goal. Yes. Love it. Um, Where as an industry are we headed in filmmaking right now and what should we be focusing on? Um, My, what I'm passionate about is faith-based, historical, inspirational type films. And those top films, um, I think, are headed for um, the quality upgrade. I think that the the quality of those films have really skyrocketed in the last year or two um, because, you know, in the past it was kind of, eh. Um, so, so, but now I just think it's really going in the right direction. And mm, I'm really excited cool. about that. Agreed. Love that. Agreed. Um, The final question for our final five is, who is one filmmaker that you admire and why? 
this might not be um, popular, but I think about Mel Gibson mm. because, um, I mean, he was an actor, but then he was a filmmaker and he did The Passion of the Christ. And um, I just know some things that he went through on that set. And, you know, I, it inspires me that he was able to get through all that. Mm. And and do such a fantastic um, show and um, anyway, so that's I guess what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I, if you don't mind sharing, I actually don't know some of the stuff that he went mm. through. Do you have anything off the top of your head that well, you know? I know that um, the actor that played uh, Jesus, Jim Caviezel, he was struck by lightning. Um, he was injured, you know, a lot. And was he struck by lightning on that production? <clears throat> Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Yes. And also, you know, just the the immensity of going through that as a director, you know, that he that Mel Gibson had to do is get, you know, get everybody through that, you know, mm. get Jim Caviezel through that and get him through this whole shoot. And then the, they also had weather elements and um, just all kinds of things that they had to struggle with. So. But yeah, the spiritual warfare was real yeah. in that, and I wow. feel, uh, you know, I, I joked when I uh, was on Crimson, and partly joking, but I said, yeah, I really have to prepare every time I go to film for Tammy Lane because, <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. She, I, I love the fact that when she gets something on her heart, it is from God, and she knows it is, and she goes out and she accomplishes it, right? Yeah. And so, and but. Talk about Washington's armor and all the chaos that uh, came at you, right, and attacked you. So Crimson, you know, I'll keep it short, but I, I can't remember what happened. But I think I, I was, I got sick. I think my car, you, you know, exploded or my wheel <laughs> fell off. Fell off. I don't know. Something. My whole life fell apart, yeah. like during that whole film. And so I go, oh yeah, this is just the standard, you know, spiritual <laughs> warfare. Like if you work on a Tammy Lane project, you better pray up and be be ready for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, be prayed up. That's right. Yeah, I mean, even just on the technical <laughs> side, we had multiple cameras go down on that production. We had, you know, Washington's co- armor. A yeah. pandemic yeah. hit right in the middle of the production. Like, I know. Um, yeah, just crazy, crazy stuff that happened on that project. But shout out to you for overcoming adversity. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Perseverance. Yeah. Well, looking ahead um, into before we finally wrap out, what is there anything on the horizon for you um, that you're looking, you know, to accomplish the rest of this year or upcoming films or what's what's next on your plate? Um, Well, as I mentioned earlier, there's a film called. Well, we, we don't know what it's called yet. <laughs> uh, but it's about a cowboy that was struck by lightning. Huh. And um, he's the cowboy entrepreneur. I mean, he's all over the Internet, so you could just look that up. Um, but they have asked me to direct that film. And, um, you know, it's not – I don't think it's done deal yet, but we're hoping that, that that pans out. And they'll be filming a lot at Capernaum, and, and so that would be fun. And – Hopefully you can be on that film as well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes. Um, well, for people who want to connect with you more, um, how can people find you outside of this podcast? Um, so go to CapernaumStudios.com. You can find everything there. Um, and, yeah, and if you want to send me an email or whatever, you can send it to Capernaum Studios. 
Capernaum at TammyLaneProductions.com, and then they'll get it to me. Um, and I'm on Facebook, um, so Tammy Cox Lane. Cox is my maiden name. Um, yeah, so, or you can go to WashingtonSarmor.com. Love it. Love it. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for driving all the way out here from Weatherford. I know it's a hike. I've made the the trek, um, but we are very grateful for your time, uh, your wisdom, your trust in us uh, in making your films. Uh, We're humbled by just all that you have helped offer us in our careers. And so thank you for taking the time to come out here and share your wisdom with our fans and audience. Well, it was fun. I'm glad to do it. Love it. Well, guys, this has been a great episode of the Rough Cut Club. Be sure to like, subscribe, do all of those fun things to connect with us as well. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Rough Cut Club. Mm